0: Everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Bros Football Podcast with Bobby Sylvester and Mike Tagliere. We've got a great guest coming on today to talk about his rankings, and then we're also going to dive into the AFC South divisional preview. Tags, how's it going, man? How you feeling after I, uh, you know, beat you for the second straight time with my offhand at Top Golf?
1: Uh, no, 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 no. So you need to explain the story a little bit more. We played, and then we, so we played two games, just kind of like using whatever clubs or whatever. And then we're like, all right, we're going to play a serious game three. And you want to let them know who who won game three? Sure. So Tags
0: did win game one. I then beat him with my off hand in game two. He was using his normal hand. And then in game three, he had the lead kind of because he had to edit his score. And then my very last ball that would have been the winner bounced out. So Tags got really lucky again. I mean, I guess if, you know, if he's going to beat me in anything, it's okay that it's golf. So not fantasy football. <laughs> Tags, I had a really great time visiting you, but truly the highlight of the trip, as always when I go up north, is the Chicago food. Tags, you can confirm I ate Portillo's three separate times yesterday at 1 o'clock, 5 o'clock, and 9 o'clock. It was amazing.
1: He did. He showed up at my house with it, ate again, and then got some for the way home. Like, the, the dude is just, he, he can eat whatever he wants, and that's just unfair. Yeah. Anyway,
0: our guest today, I just mentioned him, is uh, is Jared Smola of Draft Sharks. He's on Twitter, at SmolaDS. Jared, everyone who goes to your Twitter immediately wonders the same thing. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Are you actually the child of Tom Cruise? Be honest.
2: <laughs> no, I'm definitely going for the Top Gun look in my profile. Pic, so.
0: <laughs> it's good,
2: man. You nailed it. <laughs> Appreciate that. I'll take that as a compliment.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Good timing with, uh, with Top Gun 2 coming out as well. Jared, thanks for taking the time to come on the show.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me back on. Uh, tags tags dodged me last time, so I'm glad to get on with him here. <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> so guys, uh, we are going to be discussing some of Jared's uh, players that he's high on compared to the expert consensus rankings, some that he's low on. I'm imagining he'll have some fairly strong takes, so I'm looking forward to that. Then we're going to continue our divisional preview series by diving into the AFC South. Before we get to all that, though. I want to remind you all about our draft kit. Now, we've talked about this a little bit. You can get the printable cheat sheets customizable to your league, auction values with the auction calculator, our award winning draft tools with Draft Wizard, where you can get advanced analytics while you're doing your draft. Fully customizable again to your league scoring. You can sync it with your league. So it's like you've got a team of experts sitting there with you as you draft. You get the in season advice with My Playbook, with Trade Finder and Analyzer,
1: Sit Start Recommendations. You also have access to our premium content as well. Only premium users have access to our draft kit though so please upgrade if you haven't done that already and come check out our fantasy football draft kit it's at fantasypros.com slash fantasy dash football dash draft dash kit
0: okay guys so obviously before we get into this we need to talk about Tyreek Hill Adam Schefter was reporting the NFL will not discipline Tyreek Hill unless the league finds further evidence that he did in fact assault his son and I know what a lot of people listening to this are thinking and it's entirely possible that the NFL is doing something awful here But let's remember where this information was first received from the media. They've let a lied to us a bunch of times, embellished stories, both intentionally and unintentionally, many more times. If you want to believe their reports, I can't stop you. Let's remember, though, that the law enforcement also looked at this case, had no proof of assault to press charges. And I agree that his phone conversation was incredibly disturbing and should have warranted a suspension. And look, I'm not saying Tyreek Hill's a good guy not saying he's innocent. And don't you dare say I'm defending him or supporting child abuse. I'm saying there may not have been sufficient evidence. And if you have evidence of the crime, don't talk about it on social media. Go run to the police station immediately. With all that said, guys, it is our job to give advice on how to win your fantasy league. And Tyreek Hill is going to play a full season unless evidence comes out. So, Jared, you first. How high up in your draft board is he going?
2: I actually updated my projections when the news broke and Tyreek Hill came out as my wide receiver three, I always, you know, kind of massage my rankings based on projections. I don't just go straight projections. So I think, I think still factoring in some of the risk that, you know, maybe something else does come out. Maybe he is still suspended at some point. I I have Tyreek Hill at wide receiver six right now, right behind those big five guys.
1: Tags, what are you looking at? That's exactly where I have him. Uh, wide receiver six, you know, like if you, have, you know, Antonio Brown, he's going to come up with some ups and downs. I think he's talented enough to make it work, but at the same time, you're not going to get the weak winning performances that you do out of like you do like you do Tyreek Hill. He's a guy that I've stopped trying to guess regression. He's the exception to the rule, and it, it's difficult to see that that you know trend going down. You know, he's back on the team. Patrick Mahomes, obviously a young quarterback, going to keep growing. Uh, Andy Reid is a coach, that defense is terrible. They're going to have the pass attempts again, and Tyreek Hill just breaks efficiency, so. Uh, is the wide receiver six behind those other guys, as you know, Jared mentioned, it's uh, that's clear-cut where I have him. I feel pretty good about it.
0: I could see him anywhere from four to about eight. I could see him maybe going behind Antonio Brown and A.J. Green. I've got him at four, just ahead of Odell Beckham and Michael Thomas, just ahead. It's really close with those guys, but he doesn't reach the tier of, I've got Julio Jones one, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins three, and I know a lot of people don't have Jones that high, but Jared, let me ask you this, okay? How many more touchdowns? Hopkins is going to have more touchdowns than Jones, right? Would you agree with that, Jared?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, not
0: <laughs> yeah. How, how many more touchdowns would you guess, though?
2: Uh, I have the projections right now 11
0: for Hopkins, 8 for Julio. Okay, so about three. That's what the over the last five years, Hopkins has averaged, you know, almost three, 2.7 more touchdowns per season. But Julio averages 13 more receptions, 317 more receiving yards, He's going to have to put up like six extra touchdowns if they keep those
1: same trends. Tags, do you think he does it? Or do you have Julio number one? No, I have Julio number three. I have Adams number one, Hopkins two, and and Jones three. So, I mean, those are the, those are the top three. If you want to tell me you want to take Jones, that's fine. The bottom line is that you're going to, if you want one of those guys, you have to draft him in the first round. I agree. Yep, I agree with that. I've got Adams number two, Hopkins number three. They're
0: all really close, though. What about Sammy Watkins, though? I had him as high as wide receiver 16 at some point. Now he's just a, just a medium wide receiver three, not a high-end one. Jared, how high do you have Watkins at this point? Do you want him?
2: Yeah, he was the biggest loser with the Tiger Kill News. I took you know most of the extra targets I sent uh, Hills away came from Watkins. So he was wide receiver 20 in my rankings. He dropped to 28th.
0: 28th, okay. I moved him down to wide receiver 31, just behind... D.J. Moore, Tyler Lockett, Calvin Ridley. Tags. Where do you have
1: him? Yeah, I, I'm right there with Jared. I had him at wide receiver 20 because I I anticipated at least a minimum of four game, possible six game suspension. That's what I was kind of bracing for. So Sammy Watkins, you know, even though I don't think he was ever going to be like an alpha guy, like the, I just don't think that that Andy Reid's offense is, is is catering to that. And I think we see it with Tyreek Hill and that the guy doesn't get double digit targets very often. So uh, I I move Sammy Watkins down to 27, but that 27 28 range is where I'd feel fine. It's like you're gonna live with some ups and downs of Sammy Watkins but having him as your wide receiver three is not a bad thing I had somebody say you know how dare
0: you put Amari Cooper in your top 10 I think that was the language he used because he's not consistent guys Tyreek Hill was the number one fantasy receiver last year and he's not consistent I don't care if he's going to have four or five bad weeks. If the final line is that he got me 260 fantasy points, he's a great receiver. I feel the same way about Sammy Watkins. And granted, he's not going to get 260, but I can live with the ups and downs.
1: Yeah, I um, according to my charts that I do in regards to the boom bust and everything in between, uh, of the you know top 10 receivers in ADP right now, actually, I should say top 12 wide receivers in ADP, Tyreek Hill is the only one who did not perform at a wide receiver two or better level in more than 50% of games. He was exactly 50% while you have guys like Devontae Adams, 100%, you know, Julio Jones, 69%, DeAndre Hopkins, 69%. So that's why I don't take him ahead of those guys. Granted, he has just as much upside as they do on a weekly basis. But uh, as far as like consistent wide receiver two or wide receiver one numbers, he doesn't hang with those guys. So, Jared, you say
0: that Sammy Watkins is the biggest fantasy loser here. I think Travis Kelsey's right in the conversation. I had him up as high as maybe pick number six after the Melvin Gordon holdout news came out. Uh, He's not a first-rounder for me anymore. Is that where you were willing to take him, and where are you willing to take him now, Jared?
2: Yeah, he he moved down, uh, you know— a few projected points for me, but still easily my tight end one. So I was willing to take him anywhere from like six to eight. Now he's probably more back half of the first round, but to me, he's still a first round pick, maybe like in the 10 to 12 range.
0: Tags, you were fairly high in Kelsey, not quite as
1: high as me. Are you still taking him in the first? Oh, uh, no, he's out of the first. He was like, he was right that, like the turn guy. That's where it's like, I would have felt comfortable taking him. I just don't like the position it puts me in at the other positions. Like it, on the turn, you're already kind of screwed because you're forced to reach for players that you want more than you'd probably have to if you were in the middle of the draft. I, I I'd probably take him as like the 15th player off the board. I mean, I know that's not falling too far, but that's probably around where I'd take him.
0: Yeah, I'd take him after. um, Let's see here. I've got Melvin Gordon still ahead of him. All the wide receivers except for I've got Michael Thomas just behind Travis Kelsey at wide receiver 15. So I'd take Odell Beckham, Dalvin Cook ahead of him.
1: Yep. Uh, not Dalvin Cook. I wouldn't. I'd still take Travis Kelsey over him. I know you won not but you're wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, Tags, you had Aaron Rodgers as your number one quarterback. Does this change with the Tyree Kill News?
1: It might. It, it, it's difficult to, you know, obviously, you know, I'm expecting regression from Mahomes, And even if he regresses, and let's say that he drops down to the 40 touchdown range, which I, I suggested it was like 38, I would set the over under at. So even if he's in the 40 touchdown range, you know, like I mentioned, you're ideally when you have a quarterback and you're searching for upside, we talk about it with Jameis Winston, right? You you look for a team that doesn't have an an ideal defense and you know the Chiefs had some talent on their defensive line and then they're losing some of it some of it's getting older their secondary is atrocious um, I just see that there's gonna be plenty of pass attempts there uh, for Patrick Mahomes so I, I mean I've I've said all along that I wouldn't have an issue if you wanted to take Mahomes over Rogers. I'm still not taking Mahomes inside the top four rounds so I'm not going to own him on any of my teams but if he if he goes into the fifth round I'll take him and if you want to take him over Rodgers I think that this gives him the bump to go over Rodgers If I knew Rodgers was going to play 16 games, I'd have him QB1, Uh,
0: but he's more injury-prone than Mahomes. I don't think anyone would argue that. And Mahomes, he had 63 more fantasy points than the number two fantasy quarterback last year. If you take 10 touchdowns away, he's still the QB1. Uh, I think you can probably take 12, 13, 14 touchdowns away is what we can expect. Um, and, and guys, this isn't just you know speculation. This is based on historical touchdown rate volatility and what tends to happen to these guys who have an 8.6 touchdown rate like Mahomes had last year. Tags, I know a lot of people have fought you on that. How do you, how do you feel about
1: it? Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, I, I'm doing an article, working on it now, doing the research phase, and uh, basically I go through and I look at the the players on where were their pass attempts, where their rushing attempts, you know. For every position, I'm doing it and figuring out what the average player would have done. And football is a game of inches. We talk about this all the time. And for elite quarterbacks, typically those guys throw anywhere from four to seven touchdowns above expected. And Patrick Mahomes last year, there were only two quarterbacks that actually posted more than uh, six touchdowns above expected. One was Russell Wilson at 12. And, uh, he actually should And they were all Tyler Lockett. (laughs) And, uh, the other one was Patrick Mahomes with 16 of them. So, I mean, if he regresses even to elite levels, he's probably going to throw eight to 10 fewer touchdowns and that's fine. It's still worth the number one quarterback, but again, don't draft him inside the top four rounds. Jared, are you primarily a late
0: round quarterback guy? And if so, who do you want? And if not, how early are you willing to take Patrick Mahomes?
2: Yeah, so I think Mahomes' ADP was sitting in the third or fourth round. We'll see if it climbs now, but I wasn't taking him there. If I'm going to go quarterback early, I'd rather take Deshaun Watson in like the sixth round. I think he has just as much upside as Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, I'm definitely a late-round quarterback guy. Um, you know, Cam Newton, I think, is a big value right now. Um, I think people are scared of the shoulder. We'll see if his ADP climbs. But two of my favorite guys, and I'll talk about one of them later, but uh, Dak Prescott and Mitchell Trubisky are two of my favorite late-round quarterback targets right now.
0: I love the Dak call. Tags loves the uh, the Mitchell Trubisky call. In fact, he named his dog after Mitch Trubisky. You know, Cam Newton was on fire last year until he hurt his shoulder. He was the uh, the QB4 behind Mahomes, Matt Ryan, and Drew Brees in those first six weeks. He's still got that kind of upside. He's not going to run quite as much, but he was playing really well. If he's healthy, you're going to hit a home run, and if not, so what? You cut him in stream quarterbacks like everyone else. Yeah, he's pretty much been a top six fantasy quarterback
2: every healthy season of his career, and I think I think this year he has the best pass catching core he's ever had.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's true. Um, I love Curtis Samuel uh dj moore has a lot of upside olson's back we'll see if he actually plays christian mccaffrey is going
1: to catch 90 passes he's got some weapons for well, sure i mean here's my issue with cam the reason that i'm gonna i'm gonna step in because i always felt like he was a little bit undervalued in terms of what he presented as a floor but my the ceiling to me is the issue i have with cam now because you know he is uh is he turning 30 or 31 this year i can't remember it was one of the two but he's aging right and you know he's someone that hurt his shoulder that he you know the, the, the panthers have talked about potentially moving on from cam newton so cam newton it's like you know he made a business decision in the super bowl is what it's called um but i don't see him rushing very much anymore you know i i think his upside like legitimately is capped at maybe 500 yards rushing Couple rushing touchdowns. Like, he he probably can get that six mark. That's fine. But he's thrown more than 24 touchdowns once in his eight year career. Again, he does have a better receiver core, but he may not have the red zone weapons that he did. You know, Calvin Benjamin, as much as we give him crap, he was pretty decent in the red zone. I think that Devin Funches was good in the red zone as well. So he doesn't have that big body receiver anymore. Cam's not the most accurate quarterback. Sometimes you need those guys out there that are going to help alleviate some of that pressure. Greg Olson is obviously a year older, probably going to retire after this year. I just worry about cam from an upside standpoint because i see those rushing totals going down
0: you know i was low on cam newton because i didn't think his shoulder was going to be ready but i've, I've really changed my mind here i've got him at qb8 and i'm looking he was never accurate but last year he went from 59 percent completion rate to 67 68 his yards per attempt also increased his interception rate went down and he was the number two fantasy quarterback in 2017, despite just a 4.5 percent touchdown rate. And Jared mentioned his receivers are be- much better than they were two years ago as well.
1: I don't know, man. I think he's. I think he's still got quite a bit of upside. I have him at nine. I have McHughie at QB nine, so I'm not. It's not like I'm crazy low on him or anything. I just. I just feel like that. The... So we're fighting about nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I just feel like the upside isn't there for a top three finish again. Is what I'm saying. Okay, guys, so you
0: know the main reason I visited Tags, most of you guys know this, was to make him eat pizza with butter on it. (laughs) So we finally done that. We've had a lot of people ask, is there going to be a video? We do have a video coming. Tons of great video content, in fact, coming over the next five weeks, including live streams, breakdowns of some of our rankings, and a cool new video series you guys are going to love. It's going to help you make some of your toughest draft day decisions. Check us out at youtube.com slash fantasypros, and please hit that subscribe button we're fairly new to the space. We, we're trying to get some momentum. And when you hit that subscribe button, it really helps us. So, Tex, why don't you give them a little sneak preview by telling them what you thought about the pizza?
1: Um, It wasn't pizza. I, I think that's the best way for me to describe this. Not only was butter on it, uh, but it was uh, had some artichoke hearts. It's just uh, – you watch the video. He didn't gag, but I was worried he might be dying. He was pretty upset about it. There, were, there was a couple gags in there. Something didn't sit right in my <laughs> stomach. Um, but, yeah, you'll definitely see that on the YouTube channel very soon.
0: Yeah, again, that's youtube.com/slash/fantasypros. And okay, so now we're going to look at some players Jared's high on and he's low on. And if you want to follow along, we're going to be talking about ECR, which is our expert consensus rankings. So it takes 130, 150 experts by the time the season comes along. People who you know get paid to do this for a living, and it puts their rankings all together for an industry consensus. And you can just type in now fantasypros.com/slash/rankings to get there. This consensus approach has done extraordinarily well when compared to the accuracy of even the most accurate experts in our accuracy contest pretty much every single year. If you want, you can even select a group of experts instead of just using everyone in the consensus. So let's start with your undervalued players, Jared, some guys that you like more than ECR. And the first one you mentioned is Mitch Trubisky.
2: Yeah, so he's uh, quarterback 18 at ECR. I have him as my quarterback 13. Um, that's actually where he finished last year, 13th in fantasy points per game among quarterbacks. And remember, that was his first full season as an NFL starter. And he was actually even better than that before suffering that shoulder injury. I believe it was in week uh, 11. Uh, Through the first 10 weeks of the season, Trubisky was sitting seventh among quarterbacks in fantasy points. And I just like the continuity we're getting with the Bears' offense this this year. You know, we have Matt Nagy back for his second season, uh, calling the shots. Last year's top five target getters are all back for Trubisky. The Bears also return all five of their offensive line starters. So I like the Bears as an offense to just take a leap. And I think getting Trubisky, you sort of capture all of that.
0: I love his playmakers. Tags love Mitch Trubisky this year. I've mentioned before, he has the single best three game stretch of any fantasy football player in the history of fantasy football from weeks four to week six last year. He was on fire. And tags, I've said this before. I think Mitch Trubisky is two different players. He's the player that He wants to be when Matt Nagy lets him do his thing and he's just kind of the game manager when the Bears are like, oh, let's not lose this. We saw it in the second half against the Packers last year when he just did nothing because Matt Nagy was like, okay, take it easy, Mitch. Don't be that guy that ruins the game. Let Mitch Trubisky be himself, and we've got a top 10 fantasy quarterback, guys. Yeah,
1: I feel like the whole Cam Newton uh, talk that we had earlier, I think this could apply to Trubisky. You know, he only played 14 games. He did have a shoulder injury through the second half of the season. Uh, he rushed for 421 yards and three touchdowns. That touchdown, Those touchdowns can move up. That can definitely happen. Um, you could see a little bit more rushing attempts. They're going to spread the offense out, and they have three legitimate threats on the field. It's pretty tough to contain those guys and Tariq Cohen while having a quarterback spy on Trubisky. So I think he has over 500-yard rushes. Rushing upside, he can rush for five touchdowns, and he all, he can also throw for four thousand yards and thirty touchdowns. Like that's all within the realm of possibilities. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I feel like the trajectory of his career can take him there, and that's why he's definitely, definitely undervalued. I have him as my QB twelve, so you and I are in the exact same space, Jared. I've got him over Russell Wilson,
0: guys. I don't have him as high as you guys, but uh, that just shows how low I have Russell Wilson. Yeah. And I know I'm not alone in the industry. I've seen JJ talk about it as well.
1: It's it's difficult to like Wilson in terms of like a pure upside standpoint anymore. Um but he is still re- he's still really consistent. Uh and it's just difficult to pass on that at the quarterback position. Well yeah, if you want to bet on an 8% touchdown rate again, he's consistent. I guess that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to your next
0: undervalued player. I love this Jared Chris Carson.
2: Yeah, he's running back 25 in ECR. Um I have him as my running back 18 in half PPR. Listen, I I expect Rashad Penny's role to grow this season, but let's remember Mike Davis is leaving behind 112 carries and 42 targets, so I sort of expect Penny to just take that volume over, and Carson's role can pretty much remain the same. He carried 247 times last year in 14 games. That was the seventh most carries in the NFL, and Carson was just awesome last season. He averaged 4.7 yards per carry. Um, He was 10th and Pro Football Focus's elusive rating among 47 qualifying running backs, so I don't really see a reason for the Seahawks to scale back his role.
0: You know, if he's healthy, I'm going to be drafting Chris Carson everywhere by the time most of my drafts come up. At this point, I'm just kind of holding my breath, wondering what's actually happening here. I mean, remember, he was RB14 last year in standard leagues, and he only played 14 games. He averaged more fantasy points per game than David Johnson. Um, he, he had a great season guys and he was amazing at the end of last season. I mean, you want to talk about Derrick Henry, uh, Derrick Henry was amazing, but
1: nobody played Derrick Henry in the final three weeks. It was Chris Carson who was a league winner. Yeah. Chris, Car- if I knew Chris Carson was healthy and that he could withstand like a, a big workload, I would draft him as a top 18 running back. Like he, He's a guy that has top 12 upside all day. Um, They're going to run the ball 30 plus times per game. So there's room for both production from both those guys. So I, I love the idea of Chris Carson. The health is the only thing that scares me. You know, Jared, I've been uh, hoping we would have something to fight about, but both Tags and I
0: like Trubisky and Carson. Just, you know, as long as Carson's healthy. The next one, Tags and I are Geronimo Allison guys. Now I like Marquez Valdez-Scantling as well, but do you think he's the number two for Green Bay? That's what we're hearing. Uh, that's what I, I heard, at least in spring, that, you know,
2: MVS is running as the outside get. And Allison is the slot guy, and Green Bay is going to be in three wide sets most of the time. So Allison's basically a starter, too. I just like the upside on Valdes-Scantling a bit better. You know, he he's the second-year guy. He's the guy who I think is more likely to take a big leap this season versus uh, Allison.
0: So right now I'm looking at it, and his ECR is wide receiver 47. Just how high do you have him, Jared? He's 39th in my rankings. Okay. Okay, I've got him number 46 right behind... Uh, Kiki QT, Anthony Miller, Will Fuller tags. Where do you have? Uh,
1: Yeah, I have him right just outside the top 50. But I mean, he's he's right around that range where it's like if you want to attach yourself to someone that has some upside, I'm I'm waiting to see what happens in Green Bay. I remember last year, all the beat reporters there. That's why I don't really trust them is that all of them were telling us that, you know, the reason Geronimo Allison's ADP was in the gutter was because none of those guys, those guys refused to admit that Geronimo Allison was going to start. So now it's Marquez Valdez, Scantling, the guy who Aaron Rodgers didn't like the second half of the last year. Now it's a new offense, so I'm not. I'm not. Can't it be both of them? Like tags, if you
0: like Aaron Rodgers as your QB one, we know Devonte Adams is going to eat. We know also that the wide receiver two and wide receiver three in a system have been fantasy relevant every single season
1: he's been healthy so why not both of them but I just don't understand why the talk is about MBS on the outside and Allison in the slot like Allison played four games last year and he was in the slot 10% of the time he's not a slot receiver he's not that guy that you can he's not a movable chess piece whereas Marquez Valdez-Scantling arguably fits the big slot role and he excelled in it last year he was really good with his slot targets I have no idea if this is what Matt LaFleur is doing I mean, this could be his death. Um, I've talked about my concerns about Matt LaFleur and the fact that he didn't do enough with the talent they have in Tennessee. And if he puts Geronimo Allison on the inside, I have serious doubts about his offense and how it's going to run.
0: So I'm convinced that he is just um, a puppet for Aaron Rodgers. And if Aaron
1: Rodgers says Geronimo Allison goes to the slot, Geronimo Allison goes to the slot. That's the thing is Roger. I don't think Rodgers wants him there. Rodgers trusts Allison on the outside. That's where he's been. That's where Allison's played well. So I... I don't understand it at all. So I'm waiting to see what we see in the preseason because you're going to see Rodgers play minimal snaps and you'll see if John Mallison's out there on the perimeter.
2: Matt LaFleur was with the Rams and I think he, he might sort of try be trying to build the Rams wide receiver core in Green Bay. And I think MVS sort of gives you that speed that the Rams having Brandon Cooks and then Darnell Wilson, sort of the big-bodied slot guy like Cooper. Cupp. Yeah,
1: unfortunately Matt Lafleur didn't really make it work in Tennessee. Like he didn't use Corey Davis like he would have Robert Woods. Like that's the thing is like I know people tied uh, Lafleur to the Rams and that he was technically their offensive coordinator. It's a lot different when you have Marcus Mariota and Aaron Rodgers, man. <laughs> well, no, no, I, I I know that, and Rodgers will make him look better. I get that. Like Baker Mayfield looked made Hugh Jackson look better. I get that. But what I'm saying is that. I don't think Matt Lafleur is Sean McVay. I I know he was a coach there. I know that he was titled the offensive coordinator in 2017, but he didn't call plays. That was McVay's job. And if that's the case, then we should be looking to Cincinnati for some more value. I just I really just don't trust him right now. And again, I the beat reporters let us down last year. I was sticking to to Allison all year because I felt like Allison has earned Aaron Rodgers' trust, and that's how he works. So.
0: But even if there's a 30-70 chance that Marquez Valdez-Scantling starts, wouldn't you rather have him than Christian Kirk, who has no upside? Will Fuller, who's probably the number three in Houston? Jameson Crowder, Michael Gallup, Deshaun Hamilton? Oh, the last three guys I'd rather have him over, yeah, but... I'm taking a chance on this upside. I think, Bobby, you were right when you said
2: you you can draft both these guys. They're both going late enough. Take them both. One of them is going to emerge as the guy. The Packers' number two wideout has finished top 36 in PPR points in six of the last eight years. So I think there's a good chance that either Valdez-Scantling or Allison is going to finish the year as a wide
0: receiver three. Yep, I agree with that. All right, next name we have not even talked about yet. Well, Tags, we've talked about him just a little bit in passing, but um, we don't have him ranked especially high. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say, Jared, about Tyrell Williams and the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, I've been
2: on a Tyrell Williams crusade over the last two days here. I think he, I think he might be the most undervalued player in fantasy football right now. So, um, ECR has him as wide receiver 58. I him, I have him as wide receiver 38. So I'm, you know, 20 spots higher. I think the guy's good at football. First of all, he he was super efficient with the chargers Um, among 68 wide receivers with a hundred plus catches over the past three seasons, Williams ranks sixth in yards per catch fifth in yards per target. Um, He's 27 years old. So I think he's just in the thick of his prime. The Raiders gave him a lot of money. He's getting paid as a a top 20 wide receiver. So I think that basically guarantees that he's going to be the number two wide receiver there. We know Antonio Brown's going to hog the targets, but Oakland has very little behind Williams, a wide receiver. They have a big question mark at tight end. So I think there's a pretty clear path for Williams to see 100 targets. And if you give this guy 100 targets, I think he's going to crush, uh, you know, that wide receiver 58 price tag.
0: I have held such a grudge against Tyro Williams for all these years. Now I'm looking at his stats. Oh, he
1: did a lot with a little 60, 65 targets last year. He had fewer targets than Tyler Lockett. Well, he was also bad last year. He was a, a wide receiver three or better 20% of the time. He was terrible. Like, he wasn't rosterable last year.
2: Yeah, because he, he got 66 targets. I mean, it, it's, t- it's tough.
0: Yeah, he's a boomer best player, but I mean, he is the clear number two now. Or are you arguing that it's uh, Darren Waller or, or uh, Jalen Rashard?
1: Well, here's my argument. So this is one where we're definitely going to differ because I have Tyrell Williams all the way down at 67 wide receiver. Yeah, I know you do, man. <laughs> I don't want to own him. And here's the thing. I think Martavis Bryant's a better football player than Tyrell Williams. And... Martavis Bryant was in this offense last year. They traded for him. And I know he got suspended and he was kicked out and all that stuff, but he's a better football player than Tyrell Williams in terms of pure talent. And he couldn't get it done in that offense. I don't have trust in the offense overall. I don't have trust in Derek Carr to do things consistently. We obviously know, you mentioned Antonio Brown's going to eat up those targets. Josh Jacobs is going to come in and eat up some of those targets too. I. I'm probably lower on him and than, than he's going to end up for the year. I will admit that that he's probably going to finish as a top 60 wide receiver. I, I, I would say that, but just because, again, he's going to he's probably going to walk into 70, 80 targets in, in the Raiders offense, but I don't I don't have much faith in his talent, and going from Philip Rivers to Derek Carr is definitely a, down, a massive downgrade in my book.
0: So I've got two things to say here, tags, okay. Last three years, Tyro Williams, wide receiver 14, wide receiver 40 wide receiver 46 in those last two years was with fewer than 70 targets. If you think he takes a jump in targets, why is he not a top 40 receiver again? Because Derek Carr is not nearly as efficient as Philip Rivers. That's true. Okay. That's, that's definitely fair. Now, how are you splitting up these targets, or do you think that Oakland's just going to throw like 400 passes?
1: No, I have I, I don't like Derek Carr. The fact that he checks down like his average depth of target is terrible. Like he yeah he was playing hurt the last three years. Oh god, there's always these excuses for guys that suck. Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr. I am tired of the excuses. Yeah, I know, but they're real. Like he played with a broken leg and a broken back, man. Yeah, you don't hear me making excuses for Trubisky. He played like crap at the end of the year. He lost momentum, but he's a young kid. I feel like they're like we, I, I need to see growth this year in Trubisky. I do, but I am so tired of hearing about the excuses for these quarterbacks. Like eventually, you have to get it done. And Derek Carr has flashed at times. He has flashed massive, massive potential, and then he goes back to legitimately a guy that threw. There was a a, a game last year. I mentioned in the podcast the other day. There was a game last year he threw two yards before uh, before the catch. That, that's all the receivers and running backs and everybody on the team had. Two yards before the catch, everything he had, it was like 160 or 180 yards that game. It was all done after the catch. There was a check down monster. That offensive line sucks. I I don't like it. I, I just can't. Oh, I don't know what the best case scenario is for Tyrell Williams. Maybe in a best ball format, he's going to have splash weeks. But this is just one where it's okay that we differ because, again, I know projections Tyro Williams is going to finish better than I have him,
0: but you just don't want to own him because you don't know when to start him. There's big weeks. And then there's a lot of bad weeks. I, I get that. But here, I, I want you to answer this question, right? 553 attempts for Derek Carr last year, 160 are going to Antonio Brown. You said 90 for Tyrell Williams. That's just 250 targets. Where are the other 300 going?
1: Well, that's 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 with the course of projections, you kind of go through and figure that stuff out. Does Hunter Renfro play? Does he get targets? You know, does uh, Darren Waller step up and get targets? You know, you start splitting it out with Jalen Rashard and Josh Jacobs, and yeah, I, I'm just saying, I think 90 is a little bit low for Tyrell Williams. I don't, I don't The only reason he had targets when he did that year is like and quote breakout year with the chargers was because Keenan Allen was hurt. Okay. So we're going to move over and take a look at some players.
0: Jared is low on here in just a second, but first you guys have probably heard tags and I talking about these best ball leagues. Now listen to this. Okay. Do you want to join the biggest NFL season long tournament ever? Of course you do. If you love fantasy football and we know you do, then you need to enter the $3.5 million dollar Best ball championship on draft. That's right. 3.5 million in real money. It's huge, guys. Here's how best ball works, all right? It's season long with no management. You set it. And forget it after your draft. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. You don't have to set your lineup once. Your best players get automatically started, and you'll get the best score every week, guaranteed. No salary caps. Playing a real live snake draft, just like the ones you play in with your friends in a season long league. There's no better place to play, and you can draft a team anytime you want. Leagues start every couple minutes, so you can even join one right now. Just do a draft. You could be a millionaire. I'm not kidding, guys. 16 weeks later, it doesn't get any easier than that. Join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in the app or Play Store and join a game in minutes. Or play from your computer on Draft.com, whatever you want. Right now, all new players get a free entry into a best ball draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code FANTASYPROS, all one word. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using the promo code FANTASYPROS on your first deposit on Draft. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com and play free with the promo code FANTASYPROS. All right, so overvalued players, guys that, Jared, you think ECR is too high, and we'll start with Drew Brees.
2: Yeah, so quarterback 10 in ECR, I have him as quarterback 17s. So, you know, I'd rather have Dak Prescott, I'd rather have Mitchell Trubisky than Drew Brees. Might sound crazy, but the guy, you know, his, his fantasy production has been declining the past couple of years now as the Saints have morphed into this run-first offense. I think that's going to continue. I also worry about Brees just sort of falling off the cliff at any time now. He's 40 years old now. Um, there's only been two seasons of 30-plus touchdowns by a 40-year-old in NFL history, and we sort of saw Breeze start to maybe hit that wall at the end of last season. So in Brees' first 11 games last year, he averaged 285 yards and 2.6 touchdowns per game. He averaged 8.8 yards per attempt. In his final six games, that includes the playoffs, just 235 yards 1.2 touchdowns and his yards per attempt dipped to 6.7
0: so uh, this is really funny because he led the league in QB rate last year and he's probably 50 50 to re-break his own NFL single season completion record and yet I agree with you I don't have him as low as 17 and frankly the difference between QB 9 in my rankings and QB 20 is very small But Drew Brees is not going to throw
1: 500 passes. And if you don't throw 500 passes, I don't know if you're a QB1 tags. What do you think? I mean, he could throw 500 pass attempts. Um, I think that's like a good good point where it's like right around where his projection would be. Uh, The question is, is does the defense, you know, start playing better? They've been kind of hot and cold where we don't really know what to expect. The, a lot of Drew Brees' numbers last year came from the beginning of the season when Mark Ingram was out. So if Latavius Murray walks in and essentially takes on that role, Drew Brees might go back to the quarterback he was in 2017, which was not very good, even last year. Last year, he was not—he didn't post top 12 quarterback numbers in half of his games. Literally, he was at 47%. So he was, uh, he's basically a below average QB1 right now, and it's, he finishes the QB8 with those big weeks at the beginning of the year when Ingram is out. So I'm not quite as far to the extreme that Jared is, but I I understand exactly what he's saying. And it's like, we we always talk about Tom Brady's going to decline at some point. And it's like, we see these players continue to do it. And eventually it's going to turn into that Peyton Manning scenario where you're like, oh, this sucks. You you don't want to root for those guys, you know, to decline. And Breeze, again, 74.4% of his passes he completed last year. That number is going to come down too. So (laughs) maybe Uh, you said the same thing last year, about 72%, I'm sure. When you set the NFL record. I probably did. um, (laughs) But Jesus. Uh, But yeah, I mean, (laughs) he's amazing. I think I I have him down at number 12 or 11. And um, someone told me I was nuts to have Jameis Winston ranked over him, which I don't think is crazy. It's fantasy football, guys. I want to clarify something you said. He didn't suck last year. He
0: was he was not good in fantasy football. He was awesome in real football, but it's this is fantasy football we're playing, and Jameis Winston is a better play. Kyler Murray might be a better play.
1: Jared, I I appreciate your boldness because I think that that's a realistic possibility where Breeze falls out of the top twelve.
2: Yeah. the other the other thing about breeze is he's a completely different player at home versus on the road um you know at home last year he actually did still produce as an elite fantasy quarterback i think he was like top three in points per game and he he honestly might do that again but on the road last year he was like outside the top 25 quarterbacks he, he's he's basically unusable when he's on the road and if I, if i'm drafting a quarterback even at quarterback 10 i want to be able to use that guy more than you know eight weeks out of the year and i, I think when breeze is away from home this season you're, you're not going to want to use him
0: wouldn't it be nice if, you know, the NFL just catered to fantasy football players and gave us a complete different schedule with the Saints and the Steelers so we could use Big Ben at home eight weeks and Drew Brees at home eight weeks? That'd be a great player. That player would probably finish number one among quarterbacks. Yeah, he probably would, wouldn't it? Okay, let's move on to a name that Tags and I have been moving down our boards lately just because we don't see the upside as much with Marlon Mack not catching passes. He's got some running upside, but that kind of limits him when he's going to catch what 20 30 balls what do you think jared
2: yep that's exactly right i think the guy has big rushing upside you know on the Colts. it's going to be a good team they're going to be playing with leads it's a great offensive line so i think the rushing upside with mac is there but it's it's the pass catching upside i don't see at least enough to, you know, make him running back 14, which is where he is in ECR. So last year, Mac averaged just 2.2 targets and 1.4 catches per game. So full season pace of 35 targets, 22 catches. Those marks would have ranked 34th and 42nd among running backs. So it's going to be tough for him to finish as a top 15 guy unless that passing game role grows. I don't think it's going to because he wasn't good in the passing game last year and they still have Naheem Hines and they added Paris Campbell.
1: Here's the league leaders from last year, top 10. Okay. Gurley, Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, Elliott, James Connor, Melvin Gordon, James White, Joe Mixon, David Johnson. Okay how many of those guys have to deal with a third down running back? None of them. Not, absolutely none of them. And that's why it's like when you start looking at the league leaders year over year and you have to go back to like LeGarrette Blunt in 2016 when he scored 18 touchdowns to find someone that has caught like less than 30 passes that finishes a top 10 running back. And I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen with the Colts. Andrew Luck is there. They're going to pass the ball quite a bit. So yeah, I, I'm with him on this. I, I feel like Mac is going to offer a solid floor because he's going to run the ball a lot. They have an awesome offensive line. They have a lot of scoring potential, but the no third downs is is a big problem. So, Jared, we've agreed a fair
0: amount so far, but there's no player on this list that I agree with you more on than Kenny Galladay. I can't believe how high he's being drafted. Marvin Jones is coming back, guys. Marvin Jones was their wide receiver one. When he was on the field, yeah, this one pains me because I love Galladay as a player, but I
2: it's it's a volume problem for him, and the the biggest thing is Daryl Bevel coming in as offensive coordinator, and he's one of the run heaviest play callers we have in the NFL right now. So I think Detroit's passing volume as a whole is probably coming down, and then Galladay's target share is probably coming down a bit too, like you said, with Marvin Jones back. So Galladay saw a thirty percent target share over the final six games of last season. That was with that was with Marvin Jones injured and Golden Tate you know, traded to Philly. Um, over the first nine games, Galladay saw 18% of the Lions targets. I think he settled somewhere, somewhere in between 18 and 30, you know, probably low 20s is where I have him. But, you know, that, that's not enough to make him the 18th best wide receiver unless he, you know, posts these huge, absurd touchdown rates or huge yards per catch, which he could because he is a great player, I think. But I'm just not willing to bet on that.
0: You know, that third tier of wide receivers with, you know, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Brandon Cooks, you could maybe put Robert Woods in there after that it is just chaos i mean there's there's a huge drop off i don't want to draft a wide receiver for the next 2 rounds because there's going to be someone just as good there in 2 rounds from then as there will be right after that that tier is gone Tags, what do you think about this? Who are you taking in this range?
1: Robert Woods. I'll take Woods over him all day. I'll take Edelman over him all day. I'll take Brandon Cooks. I've seen Brandon Cooks go behind Galladay, and I, I kind of laugh, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm not
0: saying take Holiday. I'm just saying, like, I don't like any—I don't like Cooper Cup in this range. Tyler Lockett— uh, Calvin Ridley in this range it's it's I, I can't understand taking these guys in the fourth round
1: yeah in the fourth round it feels like a bit of a reach for the guys you just mentioned but Woods I would take Woods in the fourth round I take Cooks Galladay is I mean I understand the reason that people want to like him I really do but the concerns about the offense are real Um, Danny Amendola could be like Matt Patricia's pet <laughs> where it's like you know it's one of those signings where it's like damn it we should have known this we really should have known it <laughs> Um, and Matt you know Matt Stafford is traditionally targeted as slot receivers an awful lot and I think Amendola can be fine in that role so so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with Jared on this one. Okay, guys, we saved the best one for
0: last. We are going to fight. Are you ready for this, Jared? <laughs> Mike Williams, you
2: hate him. Why? Yeah, I think he's he's woefully overvalued. Really, at wide receiver twenty-eight, I have him at wide receiver thirty-six. And it sort of look with Galladay, it's a it's a target problem. Um, you know, people see Tyrell Williams is gone and think you know Mike Williams is going to see a ton more targets this season. Hunter Henry is better than Williams. Exactly, and Tyrell only saw sixty six targets, so that's not a, a huge, you know, leftover piece. And Hunter Henry is coming back to take most of those. So, you know, Mike Williams saw uh, sixty six targets last year. I have him for ninety targets this season. So that that's you know forty eighth among wide receivers in my projection. So tough for a guy seeing that type of volume to finish up at wide receiver twenty eight where he is right now in the
0: ECR. Yeah, he's got to get the targets. I think there's a lot of upside here. That's why I like Mike Williams. He could be a bust, though. It's definitely possible. Or, Tags, do you think that he's a lock to, you know, pass 100 targets and and get those eight, nine, 12 touchdowns.
1: Well, I think he belongs in the range that he's being drafted. I don't think he's a for sure like top 20 guy. The reason that I'm drafting Mike Williams in that range over guys like, you know, like a Sammy Watkins or DJ Moore is because I feel like the ceiling for Mike Williams is legitimately a top 12 fantasy wide receiver. You know, Keenan Allen was considered injury prone and then he stayed healthy last year and nobody talks about it. If something happened to Keenan Allen, Mike Williams walks into a massive role. Like he's seeing 140 targets that's happening. Mike Williams also has natural career progression happening, you know, in terms of like Tyrell Williams, some of those targets are going to be available, but Mike Williams as a player, he's naturally growing into the team, growing into a role, and they're eventually getting him more targets, especially when he does what what he did with them last year, scoring 10 touchdowns on 66 targets. It's kind of unheard of, and he is going to have touchdown regression 100%. Uh, That's not going to happen, but can he score 10 touchdowns on 100 targets? Hundred and twenty targets? Yes, absolutely. So even if that regression's there, it's possible he takes a step forward. I just think that he his his price is fair because of the range he's going in. Like if you told me that you're gonna draft him over Robert Woods or you know, someone like that or Julian Edelman, I'd be like, You're crazy, just because those guys are proven commodities. Whereas like the other guys in here, it's everybody waiting for the, the player to take a step forward, like the Galladays, the the Godwins, the Calvin Ridley's, Tyler Lockett's. those are all guys that they, they're really not proven commodities at this point. So I think Mike Williams definitely belongs in that conversation and playing with, you know, Philip Rivers definitely doesn't hurt. Tags, I think uh, if it wasn't for you and
0: I, ECR might be closer to Jared because I've got him at wide receiver 23. How high
1: do you have him? I bumped him down below like Allen Robinson because like I, I think I have at twenty four right now so I am um, well I'm below Allen Robinson too but I've got Robinson at eighteen so. yeah i have Robinson twenty two so I mean I Williams at twenty four like I said I just feel like the upside is there for him to have a big season
0: yeah and like I said after wide receiver seventeen Robert Woods I think there's a huge drop off and not much of a difference between eighteen and thirty five in my rankings so. Um, I would just wait at wide receiver at that point and maybe he'll still be on the board. And if he is, I'd like to get him, uh, Jared won't. And that's fine. Now we're going to move on to the AFC South divisional preview. Before we do though, I wanted to tell you about a new sponsor that's helping support the Fancy Bros football podcast, Manscaped. They're number one in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Folks in college, me and three of my friends went to pick up our last friend to go down to spring break. We text him like, hey, we're here. He said, all right, I'll be right out. Ten minutes later, we're like, what the heck is going on there? So I went inside. The dude is naked, cleaning up a mess from nicking himself on his manhood.
1: Don't be that friend, folks. Luckily, Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer specifically to prevent incidents like those. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology so that this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. And friends, stop using the same trimmer on your face as you use on your balls. That's just nasty.
0: Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, and anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Use deodorant on your armpit, so why not the smelliest part of your body too? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANTASYPROS, all one word, at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code FANTASYPROS at manscaped.com. All right, guys, let's move along to the AFC South Divisional Preview, where last season the Houston Texans won this division. I don't think it's happening this year, Jared. Do you think the Colts take them over? The Colts would be my pick right now to
2: come out of the AFC for the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I think the, the Colts would be my favorite.
0: I like the Chargers, Colts, and Patriots as the clear-cut top three teams. In the, I don't know. I won't say clear-cut. I guess the Chiefs are right in the conversation as well. But those are my top three. The Colts are awesome this year. And this offense has a lot of fantasy-relevant players. Now, you mentioned Sean Watson could be your number one. Uh, he's at least in the conversation. Is Andrew Luck at least in your top three? Yep, Luck is my quarterback three. Okay. All right, Tax, are you worried about Andrew Luck's shoulder maybe being an issue again, or is it behind him?
1: No, I, I'm not worried about it. You know, he proved last year that he's he's over that. He had some, uh, he, again, he didn't have the, the biggest you know year in terms of like uh, his boom performances that he had, but he was relatively consistent. And Frank Reich, it was his first year in the offense. They've added some weapons around him. You know, if Paris Campbell works his way into the offense, that's good. Devin Funches is going to be more consistent, I, I would think, than Eric Ebron as a big receiver. Uh, Jack Doyle should be back and healthy. There's just a lot of things to like about Andrew Luck. And it's not like they have a Le'Veon Bell on their team that's going to steal. I don't think anybody's going to ever walk away from a Colts game and say Marlon Mack is an elite talent, where it's like, you know, he's going to overtake Andrew Luck's production. So I like Luck. I have him as my QB4. He's the last of that tier where it's like those are the sure things that I feel good about. I disagree. I've got Matt Ryan in there over the last three years. He's been
0: the QB1. Um, I've got him ahead of actually Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck, but it's really close between, you know, three, four and five there. I think Rodgers and Mahomes are the class of the quarterbacks. But if you don't get one of those five, I wouldn't draft a quarterback in the top 120, 140 picks. Uh, I think those are the the five that you would want if you're drafting, uh, you know, drafting one in the first seven or eight rounds.
1: So, I mean, the cold situation. Now, Jared, are you are you trying to handcuff if you if you do draft Marlon Mack? Let's say he falls to like the RB 18 range and you're like, okay, that's fair. Do you handcuff him? Do you feel like the need to to reach for someone like do we even know who his handcuff is? Is it Jordan Wilkins? Is it Spencer Ware or are you just avoiding it altogether?
2: Yeah, I'm probably avoiding it because, like you said, we don't know who it is. Uh, Naheem Hines splits with and without Mack are interesting. Hines scored as the PPR running back 10 in the four games Mack missed last season. In the 12 games Mack played, Hines was the running back 59, so he was basically useless when Mack was on the field. So it it doesn't seem right, but, you know, Naheem Hines might be the handcuff to Marlon Mack.
0: That would be interesting. I love Naheem Hines. I've got somebody who just trolls me all day about saying that I love Naheem Hines. Like anytime I post about something on baseball, this guy's an idiot. Don't listen to him. He likes Naheem Hines. (laughs) And uh, it makes me laugh every time.
1: That was really cool. Bobby, I want you to host a show in that voice one time.
0: No, I probably won't ever do that voice again. (laughs) You just ruined it, Tags. That was great. Okay, so uh, wide receivers there. T.Y. Hilton. I don't have any shares. I don't think he's bad, but Tags and I have talked about it. He's not a wide receiver one. He doesn't have wide receiver one upside. He's he's every year a wide receiver two. Now he's a safe one, but I'd much rather have A.J. Green. I'd rather have Amari Cooper in his upside. I think T.Y. Hilton's a lot closer to Stephon Diggs. What do you think, Jaren?
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I haven't drafted much Hilton because I do like guys like A.J. Green, Adam Thielen a bit better. You know, they go in the same range. So I've been scooping them up. Yeah, Like you said, Hilton, Hilton and, and Andrew Luck's last four healthy seasons, T.Y. has finished 19th, 11th fifth so you know he has the one wide receiver one finish and then 14th so more often than not you know he's been that upper end wide receiver two I think he'll be that again this season with the with the weapons
1: they've added this year
0: now tags you've talked about T.Y. Hilton we have the same opinion there but what about
1: their wide receiver two is it going to be Paris Campbell no it's Funches, man like they so the one ah bummer the one-year deal like they bet on Funches. I I do like him in the red zone and I think it's very possible that we're sitting here talking about Funches at the end of the season and saying he's not going to score touchdowns like that again. You know, he, he bet on himself like Eric Ebron. It's exactly yeah. what I was about to say. Yeah. Like he bet on himself in a one-year contract. I always appreciate that. And knowing that he is, he is solid in the red zone. I, I do like Devin Funches as like a, a bench receiver just to see what you have. If T.Y. Hilton, you know, if he has a, a hamstring strain again or something like that and has to miss a few weeks, they now have depth. They'll allow T.Y. Hilton to sit on the bench for a couple weeks. Whereas last year, it felt like they were forcing him back into the lineup before he was even ready to come back. So, Funchess, I, I do like him as a bench receiver. I always like tying my receivers in the bench to high-scoring offenses, and he's going to be out there as the number two receiver for Andrew Luck. I mean, Paris Campbell wasn't even running with the starters ahead of Chester Rogers during their offseason workout workouts, so it, I, I do think Paris Campbell eventually gets there, but Funches is, he, to me, Funches feels like the number two there, and I'm more than willing to spend, you know, that wide receiver five price tag for him.
0: I love Paris Campbell for Dynasty. In redraft, I'm I'm not excited. I, I think he's a direct re- replacement for T.Y. Hilton because he's the same type of player. No, he's a little bit bigger. He's a little bit faster, but he's nowhere near as polished. Funchess is going to play. Funchess is going to produce. He's kind of boring. I don't really have any shares of him. I'd rather go get James Washington there, or I'd rather get uh, Kiki QT, who's falling there a lot of times. Maybe even reach for Devontae Parker, who I think has a lot of upside. He could get a ton of targets in Miami, especially with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I don't have shares, but Funchess, you shouldn't feel bad about drafting. him. He's a very solid wide receiver four, wide receiver five.
2: I actually have a ton of Devin Funchess. He, he goes, I think he's going too late in drafts right now. I agree with, with Mike. I think he's, he's a good bet to be the number two guy there. I think there's room for Funches and Campbell though. Chester Rogers, Ryan Grant, Zach Pascal, Dontrell Inman, those four wide receivers combined for 209 Colts targets last year. So you have to deal with Jack Doyle coming back too, but you're splitting those 209 targets up. You, know, you could see Funches get 100 and Paris Campbell still get 70 to 80.
0: That'd be cool. I would like that. Or maybe it's uh, Mo Alley-Cox. Maybe Andrew Luck just passes the ball to tight ends 500 times, man.
1: <laughs> Andrew Luck would love that. He would love to have no wide receivers. Hold on a <laughs> second. Jared, have you heard anything more absurd than a Mo Alley-Cox breakout? I was joking. No, no. It's a real thing. People actually <laughs> are saying this. I know. I know.
2: He'll need He'll need E. Brown and Doyle to get hurt this season. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then I believe. You know, stuff like that does happen, though. And watch it happen, and the beat reporters are like, see, told you guys. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and we do need to talk about the tight ends in this offense. Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle. I don't like Eric Ebron because he's not, I don't think, going to start. He He never started when Jack Doyle was healthy. He got... Fewer targets than uh, than Jack Doyle, even in the middle of the season when everyone thought Ebron stole the job. Now he does have a touchdown upside. I, I don't mind him if he's going tight end 10 or 11, but he's not. He's going tight end 7 right now. How do you feel about him? Are you getting some shares, Jared?
2: Nope, no Ebron for me, I agree. I think he, he belongs closer to tight end 10. You know, I'll, I'll take Austin Hooper over Eric Ebron straight up, and Hooper goes quite a bit later. Um, you know, Ebron's 8.8 targets per game last year without Jack Doyle. In the games Doyle played, that dropped a 3.7.
0: Austin Hooper's ECR 11 right now. We haven't talked about it at all. That's an interesting one. We'll get to that when we get to the NFC South preview, however. Um, so let's keep talking about these uh, these guys in the AFC South. And the last one tags is Jack Doyle. Are you drafting him as an upside guy? Like if you're week one and you're going with a streamer, are you going with Jack Doyle or are you going with someone like Delaney Walker?
1: That's really tough. I mean, probably Delaney Walker. Um, I'm not excited about Delaney Walker. Or I- Jer-
0: Jimmy Graham, that's probably here taken, right?
1: Yeah, I take Jimmy Graham over him. I think Graham has um touchdown potential. Like essentially if you if you're going to draft a tight end in that range, most of them are going to be very volatile and you understand that and I'm going to stream tight end. But if you're looking for someone that could potentially be, you know, a tight end one every week that you can rely on, Jack Doyle is a steal at the end of drafts. But the, again, there are a lot more names there now and Eric Ebron obviously coming off the season he did. Both Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle are in contract years, so it's it'll be interesting to see how this situation plays out. Jared, I've got four
0: names for you. Tell me which one you want. I'm a, this is assuming Eric Ebron and and uh, Austin Hooper are both gone. Okay, so we got Jack Doyle, we've got Jordan Reed, Jimmy Graham, and Delaney Walker.
2: It's Reed for me. I'm a sucker for Reed. I always have been. I you know he's gonna miss games, but I think when you're talking about later-on tight ends, it's really about per game production. And you know, Reed produced as a top ten tight end in you know per game scoring last year. I think he's he's the best bet to do that again this season.
0: I agree. If he plays, he's great. If he doesn't. So what? You keep him on your roster and you pick up a replacement level player who I think is very similar to Delaney Walker. Heck, you might be able to pick up Delaney Walker, so... Uh, I, I like uh, Jordan Reed there. I think I like Jimmy Graham a little bit more, but I'm not going to fight you on this one. Uh, now, the next team that we need to talk about, I don't know why we started with the Colts because we always start with the division winner, but it, it's the Houston Texans. They won the division last year. We've already talked about uh, Watson quite a bit. So let's move on to the running back situation We're Texas growing a little bit fond of just taking Lamar Miller as his flex play. He's a safe producer, and he might even have a little bit of upside in this offense. Jared, what do you think? He's boring, but he he's a nice. I think he's a nice running back three, as sort of that weekly
2: floor play. Um, Miller Miller finishes a top twenty four running back in eight different weeks last season. Only fourteen running backs had more top twenty four finishes, so he's not going to win you weeks. But I think
0: I think you're just fine if he's in there as your RB three or flex. Tags. A lot of people are drafting Deontay Foreman, saying Lamar Miller's going to lose his job eventually, and if he gets hurt, Foreman's the clear cut guy. He's recovered from an Achilles, which isn't really a thing. That doesn't happen. You don't recover from an Achilles. Or am I missing something here? Is it possible?
1: Well, I mean, he's a year and a half removed, so he's probably as good as he's going to get from the Achilles injury. And he was young, so people think he could bounce back from that. But my issue with thinking Deontay Foreman is going to bounce back to the, even the player he was before his injury, Deontay Foreman was never a player that was like a can't-miss prospect, a guy that you could draft and say, he's going to eventually take over the starting job. It was more like, we're hoping that he becomes that. Um, but they had Lamar Miller on the roster for three years left on his contract, so it was like they knew that Deontay Foreman was kind of like the depth chart piece there, hoping he'd eventually turn there. So I think that he's a, I think he was a fine talent. He's Benny Snell. And you're hoping for him to return to backup levels but Deontay Foreman, I'm not worried about him. I think it's, it takes a Lamar Miller injury in order for him to get, you know, more than eight touches a game. Are we excited about any of these
0: tight ends for best ball leagues? Jordan Thomas, does he have any upside, Jared? Uh,
1: no, I'm not excited about any
2: of them. I think there's too many guys there. You know, you have Jordan Thomas, you have the rookie Kahale Warring, Jordan Akins, Darren Fells is there. And then the tight end has not really ever been a big part of Bill O'Brien's offense in Houston. No tight end has finished higher than 17th and PPR points under O'Brien. And there's, you know, these three wide receivers here. As long as those three guys are healthy, there's just not enough to go around for the tight end.
0: Jordan Thomas, ECR 38. Nah, there's nothing there. Uh, now, the wide receivers. We know about DeAndre Hopkins. I talked about how I've got him wide receiver three. He's, he's awesome, though. I mean, he's probably the best receiver in the game. I just don't love the situation because now he's got Kiki QT and Will Fuller. And when Hopkins and QT were on the field at the same time last year, Jared... QT got more targets. I'm not saying that's going to happen again. I'm just saying Hopkins is going to lose some targets this year if these guys are healthy.
2: Uh, yeah, he is. I think, you know, what was Hopkins was, I think over, he was at a 32% target share last year. Hopkins was, you know, that that's going to come down a bit. I don't think it's going to come down a ton because Hopkins is good at football. Um, But yeah, I, I think there's room for really all three of these guys to be fantasy assets.
0: Yeah. Deshaun Watson, you can talk about the target. share All you want. And I agree. He was number, there's no agreeing. It's a fact. He was number one in the league. Sean Watson threw just 505 passes in 16 games last year. I just don't think the Texans are going to throw all that much, and they've got three guys to split it between. Are you a Kiki Q T guy or a Will Fuller
2: guy, Jared? Uh Can I say both? Because I think they're going late enough in drafts so you can take
0: both guys. Yeah, I'm. I'm worried about Will Fuller recovering. I mean, he got hurt. In week seven last year, I'm not sure if he's going to be ready. Yeah, that's a concern. And, you know, we'll learn more over the next month, obviously.
2: Um, I think Fuller's going late enough where he's a decent shot to take. There's obviously a risk with him, but he, he's shown that he has a weak winning upside. He was a top 10 yes. wide receiver in three of his seven games last season.
0: I feel like he's really similar to guys like Curtis Samuel, Deshaun Jackson, that I just never want to start because it's like, okay, he's going to kill me most of the time. And sure, he's going to help me you know, three or four weeks, but when is that? And and the time I bench him is the time when he breaks out for two touchdowns. So I'm fine with it if it's a wide receiver two type like Sammy Watkins or a wide receiver one type like Tyree Kill, but when it's that wide receiver four type like Will Fuller, just makes me uncomfortable.
1: He's definitely a better pick in best ball drafts. Yeah,
0: yeah, he is. Uh, what do you think QT's upside is, Tess?
1: I think it's limited. He's the number three option there, like, easy. Um, Like, he's not going to overtake DeAndre Hopkins, and I, I think that Will Fuller is still going to be obviously heavy, heavily involved. He's been phenomenal. Now, the question is, is Will Fuller, like, fully recovered from his ACL? That's, like, the biggest question. But we've talked about it before. You know, Deshaun Watson last year played all 16 games. He threw just over 500 pass attempts. The defense, you know, do they take a step back? There's a lot of new faces on that defense, especially in the secondary. But um, they he's never been, like, a, a high pass attempt team. So the question is, can can they support three fantasy relevant wide receivers? QT's price isn't bad. I agree with Jared on that. But in PPR formats, I think he's a solid bench player to have. And you just kind of play the matchups where it's like, if DeAndre Hopkins is going to go up against Jalen Ramsey, he's not going to get as many targets and you could play QT and feel a lot better about it. Uh, but he's still the number three option, which which always worries me, taking like a receiver like that, that I want to rely upon. So I think he's just a bench guy. I'm really surprised to hear you say that QT is the clear-cut number three, considering how many targets he got tags. Like, you think that's suddenly going to change? I do. I, I just think it's a very small sample size. There was one game in there I think he had, like, it was, like, over 12 targets. It was kind of like... He had f- 15 targets in his first NFL game ever. He had 14 in the playoffs. Yeah, they were hurting with uh, in terms of, like, who they had on the roster. Like, the wide receiver depth chart was terrible for them last year with all the injuries they had pile up. So bad that they went out and got Demarius Thomas, which was just, like, it was what it was. And he performed just fine in the role they needed him to, but he obviously got hurt. So there was just a lot of factors that go into it. I mean, I like QT the player, so I'm not going to sit here and say that he's a terrible pick and he plays for a good offense. So it's just rough for me to say that he's someone that you want to rely upon every week.
0: I'm relying on him and I will fight you if you disagree. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's go on to the next team here. It's the Tennessee Titans. Not as much exciting here. Uh, Obviously, I mean, I guess you can use Mariota in two quarterback leagues, but Even then, he's not a top 24 fantasy quarterback, so he's just that depth guy, and that's hoping he holds off Ryan Tannehill for the job. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they move on, Jared. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either, and I
2: I was a big Mariota fan when he came into the league, but I've definitely sort of jumped off the bandwagon at this point. I think the argument for him is that they've definitely upgraded the weaponry this offseason with A.J. Brown and Adam Humphreys, but I mean... He's a guy who might be a spot starter at times this year, but I think in standard fantasy leagues, you're not spending a draft pick on him.
0: I don't think there's much upside. I do think there is some upside, however, with Corey Davis. We talked about him a little bit last show. Tags hates this idea because he thinks, ah, Corey Davis can't do anything in this offense, but if he's getting a 30% target share, I think anyone can do it. It's his third year too. Let's see what happens.
1: Jared what are your thoughts on Corey Davis (laughs) I like Corey Davis I've called him Brandon Marshall 2.0 but unfortunately Marshall was able to perform with any quarterback we can't say the same about Corey Davis
2: yeah like Davis the player um, don't love his spot here he saw 26% of the Titans targets last season, which is a big number. He still finished just 27th among wide receivers in PPR points. And I think his target share probably comes down a little bit this year just because Adam Humphreys is there. AJ Brown is there. So, you know, I'll t- Davis is going in an okay spot. I'll I'm okay with him as my wide receiver three, but I'm not excited about him.
0: Yeah. I'm reaching a little bit for Corey Davis. Now the other wide receivers we're looking at here, Taewon Taylor, yuck, Adam Humphreys tags. You told me something. The Adam Humphreys had more money on the table from the Patriots, and he turned it down and a chance to win a Super Bowl
1: to go to the Titans. Why? He would have been a perfect fit. It's a good question. I, I I can't answer that. What it does though is like he feels comfortable in the fact that he's going to have a role with that team. He's going to play the slot, um, and then you know AJ Brown and Taewon Taylor are apparently going to battle it out for the perimeter job. I. I don't know. I, is it like a Danny Amendola situation where it's like they like him, they want him to play in the slot? Like, I, I don't know. It, it's really tough for me to gauge this, but I think it's crazy that Adam Humphreys passed up the the chance to go to New England and play for a Super Bowl contender to play for the Titans.
0: I don't want either of these guys, Adam Humphreys or Taewon Taylor or A.J. Brown, the rookie. I think he could be a good one, but it's just not a good fit. Now, Derrick Henry, that's a different situation. Uh, I'll take anyone who's going to get volume and and the Titans, I think, are going to run him into the ground. Contract year, Just let the big dog eat, and uh, when I say that, I mean rushing, because passing, he's going to catch like 10 balls.
2: Right. Henry's very similar to Marlon Mack. I think Henry's a better player.
0: I I haven't projected for... Worse offense, though.
2: Worse offense. I I haven't projected for quite a few more carries, though, so I actually have Henry ranked a bit higher, but yeah, you're right. Henry is going to do even less than Mack, I think, in the passing game. You know, even... In that huge four game stretch to close last season, Derrick Henry totaled three targets in those four games. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. Tags, what do you think about his backup, Deion Lewis? Is there any
1: upside here? He used to be great. All the stuff we're hearing about is that they're gonna ride Derrick Henry. I, I understand that, but what about what happens when he drops a few passes? What are you gonna do then? Like I, I it doesn't really add up for me. Um so Deion Lewis, considering his ADP is a phenomenal play, is like especially in your like a PPR format and you're looking for a guy to get through some bye weeks, you could plug him in your flex and be fine. Um especially not drafting him though, like I'm not excited about him. Let's pretend they they're playing a game against a high scoring team like the Chiefs or something like that where you know that there's going to be a lot of points scored on the board they're probably going to fall behind and that's the weeks you play Deion Lewis because Derrick Henry is not going to be on the field if they're down two touchdowns all right guys finally we go to the Jacksonville Jaguars which is crazy they were
0: one overturned call away from going to the Super Bowl and then last year they finished fourth in the FC South five and eleven do you think they can turn it around Jared or is this just a crummy roster
2: no, I think it's a pretty good roster. I think, you know, it's still probably a top five defense. And I think Nick Foles, if he can just be okay at quarterback, I think this team will be competing for a wild card spot.
0: Wow. Okay. I'm a Jags fan and I, I don't have that much optimism. Uh, tags, where do you stand? You can break the
1: tie. I agree with him that the defense is still rather elite. Like I think people have overlooked this defense and said they suck last year. And like, if you actually look at it, they didn't suck. They just on the field, a whole lot. I, I argued, you know, back last off season that they should have signed Tyrod Taylor and ran a run heavy offense, a guy that doesn't turn the ball over that much. Uh, instead, they stuck with Bortles and they paid the price. Um, and now they, they go to Foles and it's like, Well, they also, everyone on their offensive line was hurt last year, and that
0: certainly did not help the cause. If they're healthy this year, they have one of the better offensive lines in the league.
1: Yeah, they've definitely been adding, like, you know, building that offensive line over the years. So I I don't have an issue with their offensive line. I feel like it's getting better. The question is, is like, can Foles be better than just a game manager or not turn the ball over? I just don't know if the receipt, the way that they've put the receiver position together there, I think it's a joke. Like, Are you really going to start DJ Chark uh, uh, opposite Chris Conley? Like, what are you doing? Well, man, they got D.D. Westbrook. Everyone loves D.D. Westbrook, except for me. Uh, Except for me as
0: well. I don't think he's starting. Everyone's convinced he's going to get like 150,000 targets. I don't even know if he's going to start, guys. Who's starting, then? I think Marquise Lee's going to start, and I think that it's going to be DJ Chark. I think they believe in this guy. I don't want it to happen. I, I like DD a little more, and I think Keelan Cole still has some upside, but I, I just don't think it's a lock for DD to start, and if he does, I don't think there's much upside either, so I don't want any shares. He's way, going way too high for me.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I don't think he's a lock. Marquise Lee is still not even on the field after that knee injury last year. So I think he's a total, total question mark. I I, I do think DD Dee the best wide receiver in Jacksonville. That's sort of why I think he's the best bat, but I definitely think it's sort of a fluid situation and not one I'm really looking to invest in right now.
0: Yeah, he did have 101 targets last year. Didn't do much with it, but Blake Bortles wasn't good. I don't think Nick Foles is especially good either. He's had a few really good playoff games, but you know, since he left chip Kelly, uh, even since he left Los Angeles where he was playing under Jeff Fisher, He's been as good as Blake Bortles in every single metric, so uh, I don't think he really helps. And that was under uh, Doug Peterson in, in several cases. I don't think he's any better than
1: Blake Bortles, and Blake Bortles ran the ball too, so I don't want any of these wide receivers, not one of them. Yeah. If Mark Lee was healthy, I'd be all over him, but, um, he, he, they're saying that he's not going to be ready for the start of training camp, which is worrisome. So, um, knowing he's got a new quarterback, a new offense, like that's concerning, uh, because he is very talented. It's just that he, he's been injured his entire career though.
0: Okay. So I mentioned Jeff Swaim on the sleeper episode. Obviously you're not drafting him in a 12 team, you know, redraft league best ball. I love him as a tight end two or tight end three because Nick Foles, Throws to tight ends far more often than even Andrew Luck and Drew Brees. And Jeff Swaim's pretty athletic. He's going to be the number one. Some people think Josh Oliver, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Jeff Swaim. I'm paying a lot of attention to this team, obviously, because it's my team. Uh, but don't draft him in redraft. Just keep him on the waiver wire speed dial. Now at running back, we'll skip over Fournette. We'll finish the show with him. But it looks like Alfred Blue actually is the number two tags, which uh, which means I was wrong about Armstead, and that sucks. Do not handcuff with Alfred Blue, please.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't handcuff Fournette, unfortunately. I think it moved to somewhat of a timeshare. Now, Jared,
0: Tags is pretty high on uh, Leonard Fournette. I like him too. I'm not getting as many shares as Tags. Where do you stand on Fournette this year?
2: Yeah, he's, I think he's like uh, running back 13 for me, so I think it's a bit higher than you know, his ADP. And listen, I'm, I'm still not sure Leonard Fournette's good. I mean, you know, he's averaged 3.9, 3.3 yards per carry over, over his first two seasons. Hasn't really fared well in you know, some of the PFF grades and elusive rating and that type of stuff. But it's really all about volume for Leonard Fournette. Um, you know, He's 12th league-wide in carries over the last two seasons despite missing 11 games. Holy cow. He also, he, he does more in the passing game than people think too. And he's, he's actually been better in the passing game than he has as a, as a runner. So I think, you know, when he's on the field, he's, you know, one of the best volume bets in the game and, you know, that, that, that makes him a,
0: a nice fantasy asset. Yeah. And Yeldon's gone as well. They're going to give him the ball as much as he can possibly handle. We'll see if he stays on the field, but when he does, he's going to be an RB one. And I just want to remind you all, Todd Gurley in 2016, 3.2 yards per carry, under Jeff Fisher, he was horrible. The offensive line was bad. Then they went out, upgraded the offensive line. They didn't see, you know, the box stacked more than twenty percent of the time. Leonard Fournette sees the box stacks fifty-five percent of the time. If they can find a way to change that this year with Nick Foles, I think Fournette could eat. I think he's a good football player.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Fournette, I, I I agree that the offense has been terrible. He's been put in a bad situation, but he hasn't helped make it much better either, though. Like, he's hard-headed. He's young. and But, I mean, hopefully, you know, these are young players, and sometimes we have to accept that, and we have to understand that they're going to go some of, through, through some of that, and I apparently this offseason he went to his coaches and they had a sit down and talk about, you know, some of the off-field stuff that happened. And he said that he wants to lead the league in rushing this year. Like that's his goal. And they say he's dedicated. So, I mean, I don't think that there's upside for top six because the offense isn't going to be good enough. But as a, as a volume RB1, I'm all over Fournette.
0: Yep. Like a better version of Derrick Henry. All right, guys, that's all for today's show. Jared, really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, you know, good luck with the, with the rush of the next month here heading into week one.
0: Yourself as well. And thanks to the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code fantasypros, all one word, at manscaped.com. And thanks also to Draft. You can download the app on the App Store or the Play Store. Just type in Draft. It's going to be the first one that comes up. You can get a free best ball entry when you make your first deposit and enter the promo code fantasypros, all one word. And also, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasypros, for all the content, including the buttered pizza one that's going to be coming up. And then finally, check out our draft kit at slash fantasy football draft kit. For Jared Smola and Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football.
1: I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.